We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cast. Good morning. Mahalia Jackson was more than a recording artist. She was known as the Queen of Gospel. She was born in New Orleans in 1911. Her soulful, impassioned singing became synonymous with the civil rights movement. Baltimore's Arena Players Theater, the oldest continuously performing black community theater in the U.S., has brought her story to the stage. Mahalia features 20 songs performed live. It runs Fridays through Sundays through March 3rd. We'll have more details in a few minutes. Here to give a preview is Tevin Brown. He's the musical director and performs in the show. Brown also teaches music at the Academy for College and Career Exploration and is the minister of music at the Mount Hebron Baptist Church. Welcome to On the Record, Tevin. Thank you. Thank you. So great to be here. Also with us is Tiara Strickland, who portrays Mahalia. She's a seasoned performer who has graced many local stages, including the Lyric Opera House, Toby's Dinner Theater, and Murphy Fine Arts Center. Also an educator, she teaches theater at Cross Country Elementary and Middle School. Welcome, Tiara. Hi, thank you for having me. So you both grew up performing, grew up performing at Arena Players Theater. Tiara, how has that shaped you as an artist? That is pretty much the makeup of who I am. That has shaped how I see the world. It's shaped how I interact with people on a daily basis. But tell me how. I mean, you, you've made the point. It, it's been a big influence. I'm trying to picture maybe who you'd be without it. I would probably be way more analytical than I am. I'm naturally a creative person. And I think I owe that to uh, the arena players and uh, to how much they've opened my mind and allowed that creativity to really just flow through me. And I think that without them and without them really like nurturing that creativity, I would very much so be somewhere in someone's office, somewhere in like a lab somewhere, probably a scientist of some sort. I do like science as well, but I'd probably be mixing up some chemicals somewhere (laughs) (laughs) and not on a stage. Tevin, tell me about your young years at Arena Players and what that has meant to you. Uh, Yeah, it's meant a lot. So um, I remember, I actually distinctly remember my first audition at Arena Players. I was 10 years old. I was scared out of my mind and I was actually crying in the audition. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I was I was that kid. I had stage fright. You know, I was really nervous and I was shy. Um, But, you know, I pushed my way through it and somehow or another they let me in the program. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that really fostered that um, confidence and, you know, the ability to speak publicly and things like that. And I also learned a lot about my history. So a part of what we did at Arena Players, and what they still do with the youth theater is, um, you know, go back in time and sort of pick um, places or events or moments in history and do shows or plays around them. So a lot of, you know, what I learned about myself and my culture came from or came through the Arena Players, um, through the shows that we did, and then also being, I was one of the younger kids in that program, and so I was able to be around older folks, um, you know, who were a couple years older than me. They were in high school while I was in middle school. And I was able to, um, you know, really grow and mature 
by being around older people who had a better understanding of, you know, the world and were more experienced as far as, you know, theater and things. And so I got to learn a lot during those times. Tevin, Mahalia Jackson's music is legendary. Talk about your process as music director for this show. Sure, it is legendary for sure. And um, a part of what I did was really sit and listen. Um, There are a few anthologies of Mahalia Jackson's music, so I sat and listened through those. Um, Thankfully, there's also a a docu-series or series on Hulu where you got to see Mahalia portrayed by Lettucey. That was really helpful as well. Um, and then also, you know, digging back into the church. So the church I play for, Mount Hebron Baptist Church, uh, we do have a lot of older folks in our um, in our church community. And so I was able to sort of talk to them and um, get some of, you know, how Mahalia's music influenced them and uh, kind of glean from them and learn that way. So really just finding a lot of sources, doing a lot of listening um, and really looking back into, you know, how music was um performed at that time. Here's a clip from the performance. It's Tierra performing the song Dig a Little Deeper. like for you to portray and perform songs by a recording artist with such a monumental musical legacy? It is definitely um, big shoes to fill. I will say that I really have to allow Mahalia to take over whenever I'm on the stage. And what I try to do is I try to make her as relatable as possible. I try to make the audience feel like, you know, this is someone that they grew up with because essentially a lot of the people in the audience did grow up with her music. And maybe they didn't get a chance to meet her in person. But I want the audience to feel like, hey, this is this is my best friend right here. So to put that in the mindset, of me portraying Mahalia, I have to keep that in my mind. And I also have to take myself out of it. I'm also a performer and artist outside of portraying a character. So I have to remind myself that I am not my persona when I am on stage. I am portraying Mahalia Jackson. This is On the Record. I'm Sheila Cass speaking with Tierra Strickland. She plays the lead in Mahalia, a gospel musical about the life and music of Mahalia Jackson. Also with me is Tevin Brown, performer and musical director of the show. You can see it at the Arena Players Theater Fridays through Sundays through March 3rd. Here's another clip. It's from a song called Hand Me Down, 
performed by Tierra and the cast. You see that girl, she dressed so fine. And you got me so much up with Gabriel. She ain't got Jesus on her mind. And you got me so much up with Kevin, how did you decide which songs would be performed by the ensemble? That was more of an organic thing. It sort of happened um, throughout the rehearsal process. So there are a few songs, like Hand Me Down, that is written for the cast to sing. And then um, as we went through rehearsal, we sort of found moments where we could use um, the rest of the ensemble. So for Yes, God is Real, that's a really popular hymn in the church. And normally what happens is if you sing it in church, the rest of the congregation will um, come in with some backgrounds as the song is sung. So um, that's something that happened in rehearsal, and we sort of looked at each other like, yep, we should go with it. Um, and so there are a few moments throughout the play where we're like, you know what, let's let's do some oh yes in the middle of the song, or let's, uh, you know, let's put some ooze here or do something there. So um, as we went through the process, we were really looking for places to involve the rest of our cast because they sound so good. And so um, we found those spots. Tierra, what do you hope people learn and feel from attending a performance of Mahalia? I hope that they learn that she was about God. I hope that they take away that she was a people person, that she was someone who stood up for her people. And that she was not one to blaspheme. She was very, very, very uh, serious about religion and about loving God and, and how serious that was and how serious people should take that and the relationship that people should have with God. And I want people to take away that even though she was very serious about that, that that didn't make her feel that she was above anybody else. And Tevin, what does it mean for you to do this show at Arena Players Theater? Uh, It means the world. It's a really uh, humbling experience. I think the timing is perfect um, because it's happening during Black History Month. And, um, you know, it's something where I got to learn a lot as well. You know, um, I knew of Mahalia Jackson in the same way that Tierra did. And I might have known a few songs, but um, I didn't really know much about her life story or, um, you know, how she felt about gospel music and, um, you know, how many people were trying to lure her away from that space. And so, um, you know, it was really nice to sit back and learn a lot of that and then uh, be able to also draw on some of my church background because a lot of the songs that we sing are hymns that were popularized by Mahalia. So um, to get to sort of unlearn the version that I know just from church and um, get into how she sung it and how she presented these songs was really, really fun. And it's definitely an experience that's made me better as a musician. Well, you both bring so much to this. Thank you for telling us about it. Of course. Of course. 
Tierra Strickland portrays Mahalia Jackson in the gospel musical Mahalia. Tevin Brown performs in and is musical director for the show. You can see it Fridays through Sundays at Arena Players Theater through March 3rd. We've got more information at the On the Record page at WYPR.org. Short break on the record. When we're back, an exhibit at the Banneker Douglas Museum commemorates 60 years of civil rights. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Sixty years ago, the Civil Rights Act was signed into law, prohibiting discrimination in public places and employment, integrating schools and public facilities. To commemorate the 60th anniversary, the Maryland Commission on African American History and Culture and the Banneker Douglas Museum have declared 2024 Maryland's Year of Civil Rights. Kicking it off is the exhibit Revisit, Reimagine, the Civil Rights Era in Maryland, and Parallels of Today. It's a collaboration with Afro Charities and features the work of more than a dozen artists. Here to tell us about it is curator Thomas James. James has run the galleries at the Creative Alliance and the UB Blake Cultural Center, and now he's the executive director of the Last Resort Artist Retreat. Welcome to On the Record, Thomas. Thank you so much. That was incredible. Where did the idea for Revisit, Reimagine come from? So the idea came from the yearning to um, to make sure that when we talk about the civil rights movement, that we make sure to highlight what is, what's being done today so that we can take into account the past and the present and look forward to the future. And that's where the idea to include images from the Afro newspaper, be- being able to do that was incredible. I was able to go to, to the Maryland archives and, and go through their entire archive and, and really pull out powerful images of civil rights leaders at that time. Um, those that were national as well as folks that were based in Maryland. And and then the I wanted to make sure that, that we highlighted the work that was being done today. So the so the artists that are featured in the show, the contemporary artists, they each of them have works that are that are focused on social justice issues of today. So um, we have artists that are that are creating work that highlights um, medical injustice, um, disability injustice, uh, technology and surveillance injustice, uh, voter injustice, things like that. Um, and so that's the that's sort of where the the reimagining came in because in order to think about the social justice issues of today um you know we we really wanted to make sure that we displayed you know visually um how they've how they've transformed progressed and even regressed um and so really bringing all of that together the the past and the present well the gallery space itself is unique describe what visitors will see the space is designed to look like an interior space. Um, it's it's meant to look like a home. 
Um, so that could be your grandmother's house. It could be the house of a neighbor. Um, it's there. There are elements such as um, furniture. We were able to procure a lot of furniture. Um, there's a, a plant installation. There's a number of books. And so all of these elements are displayed together um, with the the photographs that are on the wall, uh, but they're also, and some of them are also on stands, just like you would have in, you know, in your home. Um, the artwork, some of it is, most of it is on the wall, but um, some of it, such as some of the sculptures, they're, they're propped up on some of the furniture. Um, and so overall, the, the space, it... It really has created a uh, an integration or an amalgamation of of photographs, contemporary works, and um, and then these other ephemeral items, the you know the the furniture pieces and and some other knickknacks and things like that that um, that that you would see in in someone's house when you walked in. So why is that? Why do you want it to look like someone's home? So I want it to look like someone's home because when people come into the gallery, I want there to be a a feeling of warmth and a feeling of um, familiarity and that of a neighbor or a relative. It could be your grandmother. It could be a friend's house. And when we when we're able to 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 kind of see ourselves in these spaces, um, that makes it feel more approachable. So. When we have civil rights leaders, and a lot of times we we view them through the the lens of a hero, which can be very difficult to aspire to. It's difficult to think about doing the great things that Martin Luther King Jr. was able to do and accomplish throughout his life. Um, but if you see images of him doing regular mundane activities, such as um, such as attending a dinner or um, even just regularly speaking with someone instead of being behind a microphone or, you know, leading a march somewhere. It makes it more attainable to to be able to to even consider um, accomplishing those things uh, because it, you can see yourself in that. Um, and so that's also why it's important to have the contemporary artists in the show because a lot of them are using their talents to make change and use what they have the ability to do, which is create these amazing um, visual works um, to to highlight things that they're passionate about. And so the hope is that when people come into the space and they and they have this this feeling of home, this warmth, this familiarity that they will be able to take that and allow it to ground them. And then hopefully when they leave, they will leave inspired to use their talents and, and passion and and, uh, and knowledge and anything else that they have um, to hopefully make change within things that they're passionate about. That's curator Thomas James on the record on WIPR. I'm Sheila Cast. We're talking about Revisit, Reimagine, the Civil Rights Era in Maryland and Parallels of Today. It's on exhibit at the Banneker Douglas Museum in Annapolis as part of Maryland's Year of Civil Rights, celebrating the 60th anniversary of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So go into some more detail for me. Describe a couple of pieces in the show. Sure. 
one, a very interesting piece in the show um, was done by an artist named Lex Marie, and she created an American flag made out of, of the swaddle blankets that babies are wrapped in when they're born. And the flag, it's tattered, um, it, it looks worn down, and that work is speaking to medical injustice, um, infant mortality rates, um, maltreatment of black women um, in the medical industry. And that is on display along with some, uh, some literature that also speaks to, uh, to, that, to, to that injustice. Um, there's also a work by artist Victoria Walton, and she has created a sculpture of a black woman who's missing a limb. And so that work and a lot of her work is focused on disability justice. Or injustice. So there's there are a lot of works in the show like that that highlight those um, issues, but they make it very visible. I'm still trying to picture the interplay between the archive images and the contemporary works. An example of that would be um, an artist, Jason Patterson. So his work is um, he has he has recreated. The um, a protest that happened in Chestertown in 1962. Um, it was a it was a protest uh, in front of this restaurant called Bud's Restaurant um, in 1962, and um, and so he he essentially created um, a painting that took two snapshots of that particular protest. So imagine that work. And then next to it, we actually have a photograph that was taken by the Afro newspaper right next to the piece on display. So in that particular installation, there's some furniture, there's some plants, um, there are some there's some books, there's also some ephemeral items on the floor of the gallery. And then you have Jason's piece on the wall, and then next to it is the photograph. Um, so that's that's a lot of what of what you can expect to see when you when you come into the exhibition is um, kind of all these elements all at once. What do you want visitors to take away from visiting Revisit Reimagine? I really want people to view leaders in the civil rights movement. I want them to, to really view them as humans. We look at, at a lot of these iconic people um, as as heroes and and sometimes heroes are um, it feels unattainable it feels unattainable to do great things such as you know, people such as Martin Luther King Jr. and Thurgood Marshall um, it feels it, it can feel impossible there there can be a distance between that um, but so what I wanted to do was utilize the photographs um, which many of many of these photographs are um, are highlighting the the normal lives of these people. So um, there, it could be them at home. I have a a photograph of Thurgood Marshall packing a bag with his uh, with his wife. There are images of of Martin Luther King attending dinners and you know just a lot of regular mundane activity that happens in in everyday life. Um, and so I. When when people come to see the show, I want them to to view these these leaders 
as their neighbors, as their relatives, as people that um, that that they can actually aspire to and use that inspiration to then utilize whatever you do, your energy, your um, you know, your your knowledge and, and brain power to create change in different ways. And that that's one of the reasons that that highlighting the works of the contemporary artists are so important, because these artists, they have the ability to create these these visual representations um, of different aspects of life from the the swaddle blanket flag to the the sculpture of a person without without a limb you know these artists are using are using their talents to to highlight important issues and we all have the ability to do that in in our everyday lives you you don't necessarily have to be an an activist that is on the ground at all times but there are different ways to to support there's different ways to be an ally there's different ways to utilize your your energies and talents in order to to create change and yeah and so it's really it's really to encourage to really encourage that sort of um behavioral shift and and inspiration I'm really glad to know about this. Thanks for telling us about it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thomas James curated Revisit, Reimagine, the civil rights era in Maryland and parallels of today. It features the work of more than a dozen artists and civil rights era images from the Afro Charities archives. The opening reception is this Saturday, February 24th, from noon to 4 p.m. at the Banneker Douglas Museum in Annapolis. It's part of a year-long Civil Rights Act 60th anniversary celebration. We've got more information at the On the Record page at wypr.org. I'm Sheila Cass. Glad you're with us on the record. Come back tomorrow. 